So to recap a little bit and then try us and nudge us on into moving out from the middle of the retreat to beginning to unfold in towards the ending of the retreat when we go back and engage in our daily lives and need to consider the whole territory of uh, integration, bringing some of these skills, perspectives, inquiries into our daily life. Last night, Kitty Saro was speaking to an area of contemplation around the third noble truth. It's really the gateway into experiencing directly that which is peaceful, that which we can know beyond the ups and downs and the movements of the heart. And that, in a way, this realization is uh, is the thing that we miss and often don't really mature or give attention to because of uh, just our difficulty sometimes about really knowing that place of peacefulness, knowing what it is when the mind lets go, and also a lot of conditioning around that being an experience that we dismiss as, say, inconsequential or boring or nothing much happening because we tend to be so addicted often to our activity, to our thinking, to our getting somewhere, and even to our struggles, to our sense of us being a a personality with problems and, and struggles and things to fix and things to sort out. That's uh, with a sense of sometimes heaviness around that or burden around that. So this contemplation of the third noble truth acts as an antidote. It's actually encouraging us to notice moments of peacefulness, moments of non-grasping, and to actually stay with that. So he mentioned different methods that can help open us into this contemplation. Noticing space, noticing or the analogy to sky, the sense of when we say come into a a room like this, we tend to focus on the forms and the people and the distinctions my seat, my place, others, the shrine. But we don't often notice the space. We notice the, the buildings, the designation of Guy House, but not necessarily the space within which it's all happening, it's all appearing. We notice the content, the objects of our experience internally, but not necessarily the space of the mind which is that capacity for knowing. So this noticing of space, noticing of silence, are like doorways into this taste of peacefulness. Sometimes the question, who can help return us? Who's trying to get somewhere? or Who's struggling? Or who's upset?
Or can you say I was using the question, what remains? What's always present? These are skillful means or methods to help open the mind, to just allow the mind for a moment to, to not to grasp so much or not to have a designation. But in a way, that moment of opening is a moment of unknowing or, or mystery or uncertainty. And perhaps that's why it's sometimes difficult for us to appreciate this territory of the Third Noble Truth because we're not very comfortable with the uncertain or the unknown. The mind likes to feel a sense of reference point, a sense of control, a sense of going somewhere. So to be able, as a meditator, to be able to tolerate the unknownness of life, the unknownness of the moment, the mystery of where the place where we can't explain or wrap it all up in a, can't explain ourselves, can't always place and find meaning for the events of life. So, so this ability to tolerate that which is unknown and to get a sense of the taste for the peaceful, Another method that he talked about was this being able to know. So one 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 of the um, approaches that the the Buddha used in a in a sutta in a teaching that he gave to a to a man that came up to him an arms round elderly person came up and said, "Please give me a teaching." And the Buddha said, this, this isn't the right time and place. You know, I'm on arms round, I'm walking, you know, come later. And this man was very insistent. He said, no, no, please, please give me a teaching. And the Buddha again said, well, this isn't really the right place. And apparently if you ask a Buddha the three times, they can't really say no. So this person said again, no, please, life is short, death is upon us. Things are impermanent. Please give me a teaching. So he's very insistent. And so then this teaching that arose that Kilisara mentioned last night, which is a very direct way to opening into this third noble truth, was the teaching on papancha or non-proliferation, nipapancha, which is the teaching of just in the seen is just the seeing. In the heard is just the heard. And in the thought is just the cognized. This is the beginning of the teaching anyway, it's as a method. So in the scene, usually when we see something or someone, it immediately starts a whole proliferation. You know, judgment, description, perceptions, stories. But being able to have moments of saying, knowing this is just seeing, this is just the faculty of sight, just seeing forms. In the hearing is just the heard. When we hear sound, there's a, often a lot of thinking proliferation. But being able to practice in hearing the sound, there's just sound. With the sense of thought, it's more difficult, isn't it? With the thought is very, very intimate, very, very much a sense of me. But moments of seeing the, the in the thought, this is just a thought. Is just the cognized. So any thought can be there. I'm, I'm, I'm terrible. I'm doing well. It's, I, I'm whatever it is. Any thought form. In the moment of seeing this is just a thought. 
immediately shifts the relationship to it from being entwined and caught up and the the wonderful still brightness. This is from the, the Chan school, how they talk about the wonderful still brightness being entangled and darkened, caught up in the thought forms. So these, these ways, a simple immediate method to help open, relax, open the mind to the spacious, the peaceful, and to begin to get a taste for it. Sometimes the mind can go very peaceful in meditation and we feel well, nothing much is happening. I better go and dig out a problem to think about and worry about. <laughs> so I've got to suffer about something because I'm not, I don't feel myself to be very here unless I'm suffering and struggling and chewing over something. So we have these habits of being addicted to our, our struggle, our problems. You know, I'm not really alive unless I've, you know, I'm all twisted up around a problem. So in a way, this is a permission to, to, to open the mind, to relax. And even if there is suffering, it comes up, or struggle, or difficulty. The third noble truth, or the realization of non-grasping, the peaceful, doesn't mean to say that everything stops in life. There's still momentum, there's still karma, there's still movement, there's still things unfolding. But the relationship can begin to change to the appearances of things. So if suffering, suffering does arise, you know, difficulty, stress, then we can contemplate that in the, as in the encouragement of the first noble truth, just knowing this is how it is not needing to fix it or sort it out initially, but just to know, to bring that attention that we've been cultivating that mindfulness to resonate with, the, to, to sense the, the feeling, to feel with. And this is, in a way, the, the seed of, of compassion, the seed of that heart which can... It's not thinking about life, it's not thinking about myself, not thinking about others, but beginning to empathetically resonate with, to connect with and feel with. Often when we, when we judge ourselves or others, if you notice, when we start judging how we should be or how things should be, we're not really feeling how it is anymore. <coughs> we go up into a judgment about our bodies, about our, our emotions, about life, about someone else. And at that moment when we started getting caught up in a judgment, we're not really connected. <clears throat> so the thinking mind, we have very, very developed, highly developed thinking minds, and it's, there's not, that's not bad, but it's often unilluminated or not very guided. It just disconnects us sometimes when the, when the thinking <clears throat> mind's disconnected from our ability to really to feel with, moments of feeling with. And then with, as we start to do that, we to, uh, and to notice what's really here, you know, notice the subtle or difficult, <clears throat> to allow ourselves to resonate with that, have moments of kindliness or compassion. I remember Kitty Sara telling me 
a story about going when he was working as a prison chaplain. And um, doing a meditation group with a with a group that wasn't a group of um, high security prisoners, so they would be isolated from each other, and they weren't allowed to meet with others. They were considered high risk, and um, he'd gone in to to do a, a Vesak festival celebration, and. They came in and sat in a circle together, and Kirisai thought, well, I'll do a meditation on loving-kindness, you know, sort of warm-up, morning, group meeting. And one of the guys that had come into the circle just said, I haven't got any loving-kindness, I haven't got any compassion. If I could, he was in for murder, if I could, I would kill that so-and-so again. Very, very violent thought, very aggressive. He said, I haven't got any compassion. Tight. So Kili Sara thought, well, this is a good start. (laughs) 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 This is going to really swing along. (laughs) This is sort of the... So, so he said, well, can you have compassion for that thought? Can you have a moment of kindliness for that feeling, I haven't got any compassion, that hardness of the heart, mm. that sense of I, you know, I, I can't be loving. And it was a very powerful moment for, for the guys. He hadn't, you know, he'd always held himself in this tightness, in this aggression, but realizing can we have moments, even for those places within ourselves that feel very constricted, very dark, very violent, very attacking, very aggressive, sometimes very frightened, very alone, unsure, or more subtly, just uncertain, ambivalent, not quite happy here and now, can we have moments of kindliness for those energies? Kindliness in terms of the practice of listening, the the essence of compassion really, the essence of kindliness, metta, is the discipline. It's a discipline in some ways to listen and not to get repressive, not to get shaped by those voices, those feelings, but to just listen with kindliness, spaciousness, allowing gentleness. So a lot of meditation is about cultivating that kind of a space for those parts of ourselves that we find hard to be with, and then gradually learning how to extend that out into the world of relationship, the world of others, and what the world brings to us and what it evokes within us. And it doesn't mean to say... Sometimes you hear about loving kindness, it can sound a bit wishy-washy or a bit weak, but it's actually a very difficult discipline to actually be in contact with the world and sometimes to feel quite wounded in relationship. There's not many relation. you know, if one's in relationship, we're all in relationship, it's not, it's not, it's, it's hard in human relationship not to land up feeling betrayed and wounded 
pained by someone else or how we perceive they've been to us and to perhaps wound and hurt and betray others. You know, it sort of tends to work both ways, but, you know, it's, it's one of the casualties of wanting to be open and trusting, you know, our desire to be loving. And in some ways that can be misused, get very hurt. And we can carry within us sometimes places where, and, you know, there's, there's a lot of pain, wounding. And when you start to meditate and relax and open up, some of the effects of that can come up, thought forms that just rattle on, upset thought forms, feelings that upset somehow, or very strong, strong um, hatred. Uh, resentments can come up. Things that we don't really sometimes allow ourselves to feel in our everyday life, we just skip over, carry on to the next thing, comes up and we, we push it away, distract ourselves. So uh, our teacher, Ajahn Sumedho, used to say it's a bit like allowing the prisoners of consciousness, those things that we've locked away, to come up for air so that they can be released. You know, it's like you open the dungeon doors in <laughs> meditation. And some of these forms, these energetic shapes and forms and old, unresolved things can come up. And some of them are very nebulous, sometimes they're very strong. <coughs> Working in South Africa for 12 years, in the relational field there, it's very, very difficult. A lot of trauma, a lot of uh, relationship dynamics that very splitting energy there, things split and um, it's very hard to get a unified, harmonized, trusting field going because of the psychological history. Very, And when things split, it's often very, very painful, very dramatic, a lot of blame, a lot of heat. Um, I found it actually very brutal, brutalizing almost. And it's evoked in me because of my own patternings and places of, of my own uh, insecurities and lack of worth and, and naive idealism, <clears throat> heroic movements to want to help and be open and then to sometimes be, feel one slammed up against evoked an enormous sense of, of rage and upset and sense of betrayal sometimes. And for me, it's been a real discipline to have to work with those states. I mean, first of all, as a meditator, you think you shouldn't have them because you're so spiritual. <laughs> you know, I'm so nice. <laughs> I'm, really, I'm really nice. And you find yourself really actually be really upset. Um, yeah, and... Uh, <clears throat> you know, in atmosphere, there's a lot of violence. You can evoke those energies in yourself, and to actually realise that um, mm. the discipline for me, the practice, wasn't to deny that those feelings were there. You allow them full consciousness, but not to be consumed by them. To hold the heart of metta is not is is to actually sometimes acknowledge the sense of aversion, even hatred, <clears throat> painful feeling, without becoming it. 
and in having even being able to soften around that energy and realizing on some level it's my stuff and on another level it's sometimes some of this is family it's community it's global it's not always our stuff that we're as meditators you're opening up it's a bit like a you know a tree that's taking in the poisons and putting out oxygen sometimes things that come through us isn't always our stuff it's you know you just open and stuff comes up and it's very important then to know mm. to not interpret everything as a problem of the self but to know how to respond to know how to hold the heart so it can maintain its own integrity its own purity its own capacity and to realize that metta kindliness is actually a statement of fearlessness it's very powerful to realize I can be in the face of this energy that's that's wanting to shape me into being aggressive, violent. Push, you know, if you notice the, the, the opposite of meta, aversion, anger, is, is separative force. It's something that really strongly separates us out. There's that over there that I don't like, and then there's me. I barricade myself in defend myself yeah, it's understandable that, but to be able to have a moment it's very very powerful to have a moment say may all of this that I'm feeling here and now that's my, these mind states these thoughts resentment difficult feeling may all of this here and now this body this heart may all of this be well and I really just allow this to be here and soften uh, soften not be flooded, not be shaped. So it's a real holding of that mindfulness in a particular way to practice non-aversion. Not holding, not shaping the heart into aversion. So it's a very dynamic, it can be very dynamic, it can be very subtle, very gentle. Just starting a meditation with, before we do anything, just allowing, accepting, connecting, noticing what's here. Is a is a is a, an attitude of meta, isn't it? Just may this body be well. Just can I really feel what's present in this body, this mind, this heart? Can I really, really allow it to be as it is here and now, without the should and the judgment and the method and the technique and the will? So in this way, this movement of compassion, kindliness. We're starting here on the retreat here and now with working with our own <clears throat> system, our own bodies and minds, is a <clears throat> is a way of moving from that, say, the spaciousness of letting go, the movement the mudra of being able to let go is one movement into, say, the peacefulness, the spaciousness, to realise that we can also move rather than to grasp and hold tightly to struggle with, we can move to hold gently, holding gently, the, the mind gently holding this body, this heart, these thoughts, these feelings, the impact and the flow of consciousness as it unfolds in the field of our awareness. <clears throat> so to... Uh, Maybe do a little bit of guidance around this for a short while, the last part of the session.
During the, the day's practice, you know, you might wish to explore this attitude, this contemplation of metta, karuna, kindliness, compassion. Explore the uh, some of these methods around the third noble truth, spaciousness, the who. <coughs> the in the scene is just the scene, and the thought is just thought. But to be, you know, just to encourage you to be creative, to really resonate what, how you'd like to use the space today, with uh, the different possibilities and approaches. Finding our posture, just very gently inviting our attention to come into contact with the sense of being here. That might be through the sense of the body or the breath or the feeling of sound or just the sense of our awareness. Just spending a, a few moments just to notice how we are, what's present for us as we become more aware of our being, the sounds, the feeling tones, <clears throat> sense of the body. Perhaps as we exhale, allowing a gentle releasing, relaxing around the jaw and the shoulders, the belly, palms of the hand. Just a subtle opening, softening of the muscles, tissues around the skeletal frame. And as we breathe in, Perhaps just allowing a little bit more the in-breath to flow more freely through the body, subtly energizing this physical form.
And can we have a moment of just in our quality of awareness, having a sense of gentleness in relationship to our body, starting with the body. Often we hold a lot of judgments about <clears throat> our physical body. It should be different somehow than it is. It can hold a lot of fascination or aversion to this physical form. But as you feel the breath inhaling and exhaling, expanding and contracting, just taking a, a subtle sense of the in-breath as it radiates out through the physical form into all the cells of the body, the very atomic structure of those cells. The gentle thought, may all of this be well. May this be well. And maybe adding with that inhalation and that thought, a sense of warmth, light, gentleness, and allowing that to just radiate through physical form, as we breathe out, letting go again, relaxing the mind on the exhalation. And then subtly breathing in and allowing that sense of the inhalation <clears throat> to mix with a thought form of warmth, acceptance, loving energy. So touching all the cells within our body, the flow of the blood, places where there's tension or blocks, pain, into all the energy centers of the body, a gentle wave of warmth, mm. well-wishing. May this body be well. And then again, as we exhale, as if we're gently letting go of the places of holding, judgment, fear, isolation, just letting them go and breathing in again. Even for a moment, so it's hard to sustain, or we feeling of resistance, or aversion can come up when we contemplate in this way, or get distracted, or drift away. If we notice that, seeing if we can just catch that that feeling, that mind state, and extending towards that a sense of allowance. May this also, may I also include this in my gentleness as if when we do this 
gentle breathing, we really valuing firstly our body, then all that we feel about ourself, mind, the heart, thoughts, our struggles, the things that we find difficult, the things that we feel good about, to f- allowing an appreciation of valuing warmth, kindliness into our whole being. May all of us be well, even for a moment. This extraordinary being that we call ourself, this body, the mind <clears throat> processes, the sensitivity, it's extraordinary. Extraordinary miracle of our body, our birth, our being. Just receiving the experience of ourselves with this kindliness, warmth. May, may I be well. If you wish, you can bring attention into the heart center, the middle of the chest, with the breath. Just feeling the radiating out, real sense of appreciating, wishing well, warmth through our being. And then if we, if we wish, if we want to explore, radiating that out, realizing that ultimately we're part of an interdependent flow, we're not separate entities. The breath that we share, food, the thoughts, the atomic structure, moving energy, the chi field, however we understand it, this sense of interconnectedness with the totality, moving, breathing together, all beings. If we wish, as we exhale, we can gently radiate out a thought, may others be well. Just allowing that to touch those in this room, each of us with our struggles and sense of separateness, just for a moment in the heart and the mind, just allowing everyone to be exactly as they are with a sense of warmth, kindliness. And if there's views or aversions or opinions that come up, allowing that to be received also with this listening mind, a heart that can contain all things, shadow and light, and then permeating out into the walls and the land. The cows have been crying. May they be well. 
just resonating and as if we can really sense beings around us, cows in the field. Gently allowing without any limitation a sense of radiating from our heart center in front to the sides, behind, above and below, expanding out into space, touching all beings. The thoughtful may all beings be well, may they may their hearts be at ease. Just for a moment, not holding any aversion against any being in this whole world. Just for a moment, if there is aversion, noticing that and including that to that energy form, that pain. Almost as if you're radiating that thought, that intention, that warmth into the cellular atomic particles, movement of energy that we all share. Lessening the distinction between myself and others, in-breath and out-breath. Gently resting in the heart, in the awareness. All beings breathing together. Extending and holding a heart of non-aversion, (coughs) non-contention. A heart that can know the power of well-wishing, of loving-kindness. That can know the fearlessness of being able to, to love. Gently just coming simply to our breath, breathing in, breathing out, being with how it is, with awareness. And if you wish to explore this moments during the day, 
moment as we inhale, breathe in, may I be well. As I exhale, may others be well. Or moments of just stopping and noticing how is it can I allow for how it is with non-aversion. Can I be kind to what's present, what's presenting itself to me here and now? Can I listen more deeply into the heart of nature, the nature of the Dharma as it unfolds within my own awareness here and now? <clears throat> 